Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thank you for joining us for Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host, and I'm excited that you have decided to join us today. Positively Dad is all about helping you become a great person, a great partner, and a great parent. And I started it earlier this year uh, after it really been on my mind for seven years or so. That's when my wife and I found out we were going to be parents. We have a second grader named Naomi. And when I learned I was going to be a dad, I, I just, I, like you, wanted to be the best one ever. And so I went out looking for stuff. What resources could I tap into? What could I learn? And, and quite frankly, I was underwhelmed in the available things for dads. Most of the stuff in the parenting space is written for mom. So the idea of Positively Dad came about, and then earlier this year, finally, back in March, I started it, and here we are, seven months into the journey, and I thank you for listening. Again, my goal is to just help you grow, and I think that's what today's episode is going to do for you. Today, we're going to talk to one of the authors of a book called The One Thing. The One Thing was written by Gary Keller and Jay Papsan, and it goes into how do you make an awesome, amazing, extraordinary big life that has a massive impact on all sorts of people, your family, your friends, people you come in contact with in whatever work you do. How can we do that? And, and what Gary and Jay found out is the way you do that is you actually get really small. You figure out what are the key things that you should, you know, where you should apply your focus so that you can get the most amazing results. And it's a really fascinating way to look at it. The book has been a bestseller for years. Uh, You may have read it. It's it's highly likely that many of the people listening to the podcast today have read it. If you haven't, I'm going to ask you to go out and pick it up. And when I started the podcast uh, earlier this year, I knew without a doubt I wanted to have a podcast on the one thing. And so I reached out to Jay Papsan. He's the co-author with Gary Keller. And Jay said, absolutely, I'll be on. So that's who we're going to talk to today. Now, Jay and his wife, uh, Wendy, live in Austin, Texas. They have two kids who are teenagers, a son and a daughter. And they have an extraordinary, amazing life. And the way they've done that is they've gotten really narrow. They've followed what it says in the book. And um, Jay is, is, is an author, a very successful one. He's running the publishing division area of Keller Williams Realty. And then his wife, Wendy, has a very successful real estate team within Keller Williams there in Austin, Texas. They're busy people, and they've got kids that are involved in things. And so you're going to get you know, real-life lessons from Jay about how you can do this, how you can have this amazing life by getting really narrow. He's going to give you some great tips. And I think one of the challenges that I face is, you know, with what I do, and, and Positively Dad's a hobby. This is not, this doesn't make any money for me. This is a hobby right now. And so I've got a real job where I go out and I travel weekly for that. And I'm working with people all over the country to help with things. And so then, you know, I want to do a great job for them. For the people that are bringing me out to teach for them and lead these events for them, I want to do a great job. Then I want to be a great husband here at home and really support my wife and, and, and be connected to her and have a great relationship. And, and, and I want to be a great dad to my seven-year-old and have a great relationship with her. And then, you know, we've got our friendships. And so we got, you know, five doors down or our best friends on the planet. And, and I want to be engaged with them and, and, and our other friends in the community. And I want to be a great son. To my, I mean, it's just like all of these things. And you go, how do you make it all work? Well, you make it all work by truly knowing your purpose. And when you truly know what your purpose is in life, why you're here, well, then that helps you determine what you do, what your priorities are. 
And and then once you know that, once you know what you're what you're supposed to do, well then that helps you create this life. And that comes straight out of the one thing. That's my favorite piece out of the one thing is understanding your purpose. Once you do, it helps you set your priorities. And then once you get your priorities in line, then you see the results of that, your productivity and and you produce this great life. And and so I think that there's a lot we can do because I don't know. Do you ever feel guilty when you're at home because you're not at work? And then you feel guilty when you're at work because you're not at home? And that just doesn't sound fun. The truth is you can have an amazing, awesome life. You can be extremely successful in your profession. And you can also be a great partner and you can be a great parent. You can think really big, have a big life, and yet have dynamic and wonderful relationships. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's get right after it. Jay, I'm, I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Ah, I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm glad you are. And, and I, I, you know, of course, the book, The One Thing, is so amazing. And I thought we could really kind of walk through it with some dads. The thing that stuck out to me is when we're looking at, you know, work-life balance and balancing doesn't exist. And, and you and Gary quote James Patterson in the book where he talks about, you know, you've got the, the balls, work and family and health and friends and integrity, and you're keeping all of them in the air. And you realize that work can bounce back uh, because it's rubber ball and the, the other four balls are glass and they can be broken if you don't pay attention to them. And that just seems like a real good place to start because, I mean, do we ever get things a little out of whack? Oh, all the time, all the time, especially busy, ambitious people, right? It's easy to get our priorities out of priority. So what advice do you give? I mean, you, you're busy. You've got a family. What what advice do you give to a, a dad or any parent who's working to make things happen and balance all of these things? Well, the first thing I would say is I, I refuse to believe, and, I, and I, I fundamentally don't believe it to be true, that being a great parent or a great spouse is mutually exclusive of having a big business life. Um, I think what happens is we get busy and we start um, allocating time to things that actually don't matter um, or valuing the time spent versus what we're spending it on. And we run into problems with our, our, our family. And so I just, my wife and I are very much made that commitment um, that we would never go too far out of balance in our home life um, for very long at all, because I think the stat, and this is going to be a little off there because I like to usually have a better handle, um, but something like 75% of the time that we spend with our children in our lifetime will be up until the time they leave home to go to college. Mm. So like, this is the time, right? And you don't get to hit redo um, on a 13-year-old's birthday party or whatever it is that you might be deprioritizing for work. So it's a It's something you have to focus on. It's not something that you just get to do automatically. It has to be something that, as we would say, you have to be a little bit purposeful about pursuing is that um, counterbalancing your work and your and your home life. Yeah, well, I mean, you you've obviously got a very, very busy world, a successful publishing business and all the stuff you do with KW. And then your wife is running a, a very successful real estate organization. So how do the two of you make that work? with you and your family? I think um, it's funny. We're going to be doing, um, start talking about this. It's that season, but for about maybe 14 years now, this is our 14th or 13th year. It all, I think a lot of it 
I can credit to the fact that we do a goal setting retreat. Um, it was Wendy's idea. She gets full credit. Um, I just latched on to it and we built on it. But basically sometime in October or November, um, Gary, my partner and co-author, would often give me his calendar for the next year. And he was doing his strategic planning and wanted to know, here are the days that we will write. Here are the days that we'll have our big business meetings. Um, let's just sync up our calendars before we get too far into the year so we know, like, if we're both going to be, like, staggering vacations and be both miss each other for a month. This is our chance to get way ahead of that before we book tickets. And I always thought that was a great practice. And when Wendy and I get together, she's an entrepreneur. Um, I'm an employee that also happens to be an entrepreneur. And we just have a lot moving. And so it's a chance for us to look at our five-year goals and based on that, what we want to do the next year and get synced up. And then we revisit those commitments um, throughout the year. We usually try to meet once a month. So I was going to say like that's a very formal way of doing it. Mm -hmm. It all starts with communication. Yeah. Like what are we agreeing that our priorities are? And how can we stay in um, relationship with those goals so that we don't just forget about them um, in February? So I think it starts with this, this deep dive. It's like a full day um, out of our house, away from our dogs and cats, away from dirty dishes and lawns that need to be mowed. Just go check out, spend a whole day with our calendars and our business goals and trying to sync up so that we both know what's coming. And that's a foundation that serves us for the whole year. Um, anyway, I, before I go, like I could go literally talk for hours about that uh -huh. process. Right. That's it at a high level. I think that's the foundation, communication. And we've come up with a system for making sure that we're in sync so that if I can't be there, she can be there. Or we both know that we're planning on being there and we're going to make sure that the people in our work are covering for us because that's a weekend that our son's in a rowing regatta or that's a weekend that our daughter is doing an art show. And we're just not going to be letting other things creep into that time. Yeah, so that's really powerful. And I think you and Wendy are even doing something on that that people could you know, participate in or something. Isn't that right? Yeah, um, we do a goal-setting retreat. We brought that to the One Thing brand. So we do a uh -huh. formal facilitate, a goal-setting retreat for couples and singles um, every fall. So we do it again, I think, on November 13th or 14th of this year. I don't have the, my calendar right in front of me. But if you go to the OneThing.com, it's there. Um, generally it's just a great event where we walk people through the process of setting goals together and getting in sync so that you can have a better year. And I'll say this, the number one fear I hear from people is what if I bring my spouse or my significant other and we find out that we're not aligned. And to me, I love that one because it's a very legitimate fear. Um, but my answer to that has always been, um, that's totally natural. Um, because you got married or made a, uh, you're in love with someone doesn't mean that everything in your life is going to be perfectly aligned. Um, she likes to go running and you like to go do yoga. Um, she wants to fly airplanes and you want to take the boat. We're different human beings. And there are going to be times of our life where we're more or less in sync because I'm moving this direction and she's moving that direction. And the key to staying in relationship is communicating about it. Yeah. Let's right? talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this year, I really want to make a big commitment to my health. So I'm going to be signing up to go to classes every evening. Mm -hmm. I need you to pick up the kids or I need right. you to do this for me or I need you to support me. It's when we don't talk about it that that kind of, when we kind of move in different directions, it actually does move us apart. But when you're moving in opposite directions and you're supporting each other, you actually get closer. 
So we don't have to desire the same things. We we really, I think, just need to be in alignment with goals that we have and how those relate to each other. That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's there's some limit, right? You know, he wants to leave a life of crime and she wants to be a police officer. Okay, well, that's sure. going to be a problem, right? <laughs> it would be, so yes. we can go to an extreme. <laughs> but I think we both know people who married couples that have a healthy relationship and as divisive as it is now, one's a Republican and one's a Democrat, sure. and they still right. figure out. I mean, there are yeah. things that are, we can't talk to our coworkers about, but people have made it work in their marriage because just having a different point of view or a different preference for something in life doesn't mean that we can't uh, be highly compatible still. Yeah, so I'm curious over the 13 or 14 years that you've done this, how that has helped you and Wendy, and you've got two kids, right, Jay? That's right. Uh, yeah. I've got a, a 15-year-old named Gus and a soon-to-be 14-year-old named Veronica. Perfect. And so you've got the, there's the four of you, and you and Wendy have stepped away and done this every year now, basically their entire lives. How has mm-hmm. that helped you as parents, not, not just in your relationship with each other, how has it helped you as parents? So one of the things um, that we did informally and then much more formally, have you read Grit um, by Angela Duckworth by chance? Yes, absolutely. So buried in the back of the book, it's um, Grit for for Parenting, I think is the chapter. And they had um, an idea that crystallized something that we were kind of doing, but now we got formal about it. Um, She said basically one of the ways that we can um, help our children have more grit their rule in their house is everybody has to have a hard thing and they get to choose it, but they don't get to quit. And right. My son chose rowing and I can tell you that's a hard thing. I, his hands are blistered. He mm-hmm. just made the jump to varsity. He's practicing five times a week and I just watch his workouts and I want to just be a puddle. Um, it's amazing how hard they push each other. Um, and the thing is he chose it. He got to pick, but he can't quit. Um, he gets to, has to go through the entire season. And my Veronica, um, she's not into sports, but she chose, she alternately goes between programming lessons and tutoring or art classes. Um, and again, there's Saturdays, she doesn't want to go. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is your hard thing. Mom and dad have their hard thing, you have your hard thing. So we almost always talk about that. Now that's a formal part of our goal setting process. What do we need to do um, to better be better parents for Gus this year? What do we need to do to be better parents for Veronica this year? How are they doing scholastically? Are they happy? Are they healthy? Um, We have a series of questions that we ask and we just try to surround it so that we are not trying to do everything, but we're making a stand around a few things like per the one thing that really matter, right? Do they have, um, are their academics on track? Um, Do they have their health on track? And do they have something, a hard thing? Those are the big questions. And frankly, we do that for our aging parents as well. Um, It just helps us figure out outside of work and outside of our marriage and outside of our personal lives, right? Those three things that take up so much time. Um, How are we allocating time and making commitments to support our kids and other key relationships? So when you talk to them about their hard thing and it's the time they want to bail or they don't want to go this week or, you know, dad, I want to do something else. What's that conversation look like? Oh, I mean, I've got teenagers now. So sometimes (laughs) there's elevated voices. Um, My son, um, I think, has has gone through um, this window where he really would push back. And I think now, um, and it's also that age where there's probably peer pressure involved now that's now positively he doesn't want to quit. 
because it's a very small group of friends that he's made there and he doesn't want to let them down. Mm. So we don't have to work as much. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times when he like, he came home last night and he was just so tired. And what's great is we get to be on the side of, Hey, let me make you dinner. Um, you go take a shower. Cause he, he gets home late, um, from his practices and we try to provide support. Like the other day, one of his chores is folding the clothes and I just knew he was exhausted. So I just said, buddy, um, I'm going to take care of the clothes for you this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can do little gifts for him and negotiate to keep his spirits up. Cause I know it's a grind. Um, yeah. Veronica, she's um, much more into the escalating voices stage of her teenage years. She hasn't quite made peace and it's just a, it's a negotiation. Um, she's much more positively motivated and I'll say things like, you know, all right, well, what kind of reward can we do? Um, for you to keep this commitment, what can we do to make this, you know, worthwhile? You know, can we, we'll let you, when we go to the grocery store, pick out our cheat meal or whatever that is. Right. Um, try to give her something. She responds very well to that versus a negative. Um, so the, Hey, you know, when mom picks you up next week, you may keep your commitment. Um, maybe we can go get snow cones next week. I'm yeah. trying not to reward the resistance but just trying to find a positive little extra motivation. But generally it just comes down to, Hey, get dressed. This is non-negotiable. You've made this commitment and my, I'm going to deliver you to the event. Um, what you do there is up to you and she'll, you know, moan about it, but then she gets there and she does it and she enjoys herself. Well, that's great advice. And I love how it all works together with what you and Wendy are doing. And then the kids get to pick their thing. And, and gosh, I mean, our job as parents is to create awesome adults. And it sounds like you're on the path to doing that. And, uh, and as a, it sounds great. I mean, we're just as fallible <laughs> as everybody else. Like we have well, we, bad days. We get, I mean, we're getting really you in a 20, days. Jay, we're getting you in a 20 minute window. Okay. So your life yeah. is going to be perfect in this 20 minute window. So <laughs> I just, you know, this, I mean, you know, this, this, yeah. your reason you're doing this podcast is this is something that matters. This is a way for you to be purposely learning to be a better dad. And I love right. that about you, James. Yeah, thank but you. But I look up and I'm, it does matter. And so when we think we're failing, it, it's one of the things that it's the hardest thing to fail at. And we're going to fail as parents. We are going to, because they're little humans and we can't actually control them. We can guide them. We can put up bumper rails and we can point them in the right direction, but ultimately they're going to grow up and do what they're going to do. Yeah. And I just got to say that it's like, I love that you're doing this, but it is the thing that when we fail, it's the hardest failures in our life. Um, so well, anyway, I'm glad you're yeah. doing this. No, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I've learned more from these types of conversations in the six months that have helped me just change my perspective about what a dad is like. I, I think about when Diana Kokoska would say that I'm just having a conversation with myself and you get to listen. And, and Diana has been a mentor for both of us for a long time. And, and she would say that. And, and that's what these podcasts are like. I'm having a conversation with me and everyone else gets to listen. And I was thinking about you with the one thing. And I thought you and, and Gary working on this book for years and then the impact it's had all across the world now since it's come out. You have to have learned so much in the process of writing this book and then the journey that this book has taken you on that I'm just curious, what are some of the big lessons that you've learned in the, gosh, I mean, we're almost, what, at a decade now of this book being out? Um, gosh, that's like, a, that's a very broad, yes, it, it, we definitely it came out in 2013. And so we're like year seven now. Yeah. Um, we're approaching 2 million copies in 36 languages or 35 languages. So it's been an amazing ride. Um, and I would just tell you that um, 
I think that the hard work that we talk about of forming just a handful, it's not a lot, just a handful of positive habits in your life. And if you don't like the word habit, substitute ritual, right? Um, it's something that we, we are going to habitually do, right? Whether it's going to be, I'm going to read books more regularly. I'm going to exercise more regularly. I'm going to prep my food. It's not a million things. And I, every year when my life gets crazy, um, at some point, I'll either with my coach or with Wendy, we'll look up and we'll realize that the simple solution is still there. Um, and the simple solutions, so they sometimes need to be top graded. They don't ever, it never has to get complicated. Um, and I think that that's just been a really powerful ongoing lesson I get to keep learning is that the solution is usually there. Um, we're just not asking the question. And if we just stop and pause and ask, what's the one thing I really need to do now? Um, you usually can find that answer. You may not like it, um, but the answer is almost always there and evident. It's very rarely hidden from us. And I, I sometimes in crisis forget that, but you have to just pause, go through that five stages of grief or whatever it takes to get over being rear-ended or whatever bad thing happened that day, and you get to that place of positive solution much faster. And I want to say this, I, Wendy and I were reflecting, we had, this has easily been the last 12 months, the most trying of my entire life. Um, two spinal surgeries, lost a friend to suicide, um, I mean, you just go down the list. We had 60 million in production walk out the door of our team. Um, and all of it just felt like life was just playing a cruel trick to make it all happen at once. And well, I just reflected like 10 years ago, seven years ago, when we started some of this really journey together, half of those things would have shut us down and sent us into a spiral. And now we just, we bounce back so much more quickly because we're able to navigate that, oh crap, and go through all of the emotions and get to, okay, now what do I need to do? And the faster you get to that positive framework, um, it just you just don't lose as much momentum, you don't go through as much pain, and that just continually surprises me that that process just gets easier and easier, even as life, I think, gets more difficult. Interesting, because, well, you've narrowed it down to what are the key things, and when when something like that happens, while it, it's gonna impact you, you can go, all right, well, let's, as you, as you and Gary say in the book, let's get small. Let's figure out where's that first domino, where do we need to start to get moving in the right direction again? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's uh, not the answers aren't really complicated, and they're not hidden from sight. You guys talk about, in the book, you talk about kind of seven circles that, are, yeah. that make up your life, your spiritual life, your physical health, your personal life, your key relationships, then job, then business, then finances. And I, I don't know if this is intended to be this way or not. The, the fascination I had when, when, when I've studied and read and taught on this book was that the first four, the first three things, so the first three of the seven circles are really about yourself, about mm -hmm. are you right with you, spiritual life, physical health, and personal life. That comes before relationships and then job. And I feel like so many people do it the other direction. Was that on purpose? And if so, why is it so important that we worry, you know, we put our mask on first before we do other things? Um, it was definitely on purpose. Gary and I, that, I call that the seven circles graphic. And it's on page 114 of the U.S. edition. And it's the only page in the book I've got memorized. And it's a very important page because it shows how the one thing approach can impact all of the big areas of your life. And I remember we pulled out lots of Gary's previous materials, right? Quantum Leap. And we tried to ask, where do we apply this? What, I mean, without going into, 
you know, what's the one thing we can stream on Netflix tonight? You can go to the really trivial if you choose to, mm-hmm. or you could keep it at a really high level. And we debated those circles for a long time and what order they should be in. And I do love the fact um, that when you focus on the spiritual and the physical, the personal, um, it can sound like you're being selfish uh, by taking care of yourself first. But often if we neglect ourselves, um, we're just not going to be there to take care of the people that matter most for us. And that, that often creates really interesting conversations when we're training in corporations or in different companies are just discussing the book. You know, a, a working parent will come up and say, how can I put um, three dominoes about myself in front of my kids? And the, the, the smart aleck response that Gary um, guided us to, which I love, and it's a good aha, it's like in the airplane, um, they go through that thing every single time you take off. And we all hear it in the background, even if we're reading our book or doing something else. If the oxygen mass deploys, are you supposed to put it on yourself or the kid next to you first? Yeah, you put it on you. Right, because if you don't, um, you may not be there to put it on them, right? You may not make it. Um, And that's just kind of the big story. A lot of people um, make big sacrifices um, in their personal life to take care of other people. And at some point, that prevents them from continuing to take that journey. Um, I see it where people neglect um, their marriage um, in lieu of their children, and then they become empty nesters and their marriage falls apart. And so, like, I've got um, two domino tattoos. Um, My one thing is two-part, is to be the best husband I can be and the best father I can be. It's when I have those two things right, everything else follows. And my kids, my daughter brought this up again. She's very aware that the first domino for me is my job as a spouse. And I just felt like role modeling the most important relationship they may have, um, making sure that that was foremost was a higher priority. Now, if there's a burning building situation, my wife knows I'm going in to save the kids, not her. Mm-hmm. But on a week-to-week basis, we're not going to neglect our marriage um, to cater to our children. And they understand that. And they've made their peace with that, and so have we. So it's, a, it's always nuanced. But, yeah, um, those circles are, have been a great guide for me. Um, to make sure that when I look up the big stuff in life, am I addressing those things first? Am I giving them my first thought and energy and focus? Or am I going for straight to like money? Um, which honestly, if you do the other circles right, it tends to take care of itself. Well, finances is the last circle. And, and, I, right. and, you know, and so many people probably start the other way and work their way back and it just doesn't seem to work. Well, Jay, you've offered so much. The book, as you know, has changed the lives of so many. And I appreciate you writing it. I, I appreciate you and Gary working on it. I appreciate you taking time out to be on here. Um, real quick, they can, you know, people who listen can follow you and The One Thing where? Um, if they go to theonething.com with the number one, everything they need to know about the book is there, including the goal setting retreat, if that's something they're interested in. Um, and my name is Jay Papazan. I have the good or bad fortune to be the only one in the United States that I'm aware of. So when you <laughs> Google my name, you will find me. Easy to and pop up. I don't delegate my social media to other people. I don't spend a ton of time on it. But if they reach out to me, eventually I will get to it and I will give them a personal response. Yeah. Well, your posts are very valuable. And again, Jay, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. So many great things from Jay. And and I, I trust that you got a lot out of it. Here's the thing to think about. There's a couple of notes I took down. One of them was, 
He said, you know, you and your partner don't have to desire the same things. You just got to be in communication with each other about those things. And he said, you know, you can move in opposite directions. And when you talk about that, it actually moves you closer together. So, you know, are you having those conversations with, with your partner about what's important to you, what it is you'd like to see happen in your world, and how you can work together maybe to make some of those things happen, and then truly understand what's important to them and how you can support them in making those things happen. And that sounds like a true partnership. And he mentioned his uh, the, the goal-setting retreat with Wendy, his wife. You can go to theonething.com, and if you click on their webinars tab, you'll see a webinar from that that you can watch. I'm going to post it on our Facebook page and Twitter pages as well, so you can find it there and figure out how can we get together on what it is we like to see as a family, know what's important to each one of us, and then move forward. The other thing I got from Jay is I, I got that he truly understands what motivates his kids. You know, they, they've set, for, they read Grit, and they read in that, that everyone has their hard thing, and his son's picked his hard thing, and his daughter's picked her hard thing, and they're motivated differently. And he and Wendy understand that. And, and so I just wrote down, understand your kids. Understand what motivates them and how, they're, how they think so that, again, you can best connect and help them as well. If you haven't read the book, I'm going to recommend you go out and grab it and take a look at it, read it. There's some great stuff in there. Sit down with your spouse and look at it as well and, and use that to help each other. Well, we're going to wrap up the way we wrap up every podcast here on Positively That, and that is we get to hear from my seven-year-old Naomi, and we find out whatever she's thinking. It's called The Kid's Corner, and uh, she just talks. I say, are you ready? And I put a mic in front of her, and she talks. So let's take a listen to The Kid's Corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in The Kid's Corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, this is Naomi Shaw, and today we are going to be talking about daddies. As you see, everybody, I have a dad right now, and he is with me right now, and I am recording this. So dads help you a lot. They help you get born. They help your mother get married to them. And they also help by asking them to marry them. And that might be gross to some of the kids, but I think that's romantic. Um, our dads are great because, well, pretty much everything. That's it for Naomi's Corner. Have a great day. Well, isn't that sweet? Not even ask her to say any of those things or pay her money to say them. That's very nice. And this is, this is why I do it. I do it because that's what our kids think. Our kids think that dads are great. And we're writing that story that they tell based on how we live our life. That's why today's episode is so important. That's why truly getting on the same page with your personal goals, the goals of your spouse, the goals of your kids, and, and how to work together to make those happen is so important. That's why understanding the seven circles that we talked about on page 114 of the shift book is your spiritual life in order first, whatever that means to you. Then your physical health, how's that? Then your personal life, your relationships, your job, your business, your finances. Are those things in order? And not building 72 habits in those seven areas. What if you built one habit in those seven areas? One simple, easy habit that you could build right now that could totally change your world. Think about what would happen and think about what your kids will say about you and the, and the legacy that you're leaving for them and what you're teaching them. I want to thank you for listening. I trust it's added value today and that you've gotten something out of it. And so I'm going to ask you, keep listening, share it with people that you know, post it on your social media pages, uh, like us 
on, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Give us five stars wherever you're listening. Write a review. Let's get this Positively Dad message out there. We do two podcasts every week. This one comes out Monday mornings, and then we do one where I just talk to a dad about being a dad. That comes out every Thursday morning. Let's get this message out there and continue to be amazing leaders in our homes. I thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw. See ya.